theme for this morning is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It may be quite easy to say, but it's a tad harder to put into practice. After all, we're all human. There are many things around us that we're scared about. There's many things around us that we are fearful about. There's many things that we worry about in our lives. So what's your fear? What are you afraid of? There's no answers, by the way, please. We could be here all day if everybody told us what they were scared of and what their fears were. Suffice to say that there's a phobia about just about everything, anything that you can think of. So, fear, being afraid. Can I suggest that instead of being afraid, perhaps we're talking about stormy circumstances in our lives. Stormy circumstances in our lives. What do I mean? There could be sorrow, perhaps the loss of something that we love, or someone that we love, a loved one, a friend. Perhaps it's something that we've been doing for many, many years, and we're now unable to, or it has just ceased happening. Sorrow. Problems. Problems come up in all shapes and all sizes. Am I hot? Oh, man. All shapes and all sizes. There may be family problems, problems that we have at work, problems we have with our friends, problems we have in the home. If the central heating breaks down at the wrong time of year, that's a problem. It may be money, or it may be work. It could be numerous different things. And my third one is fear and worry. And this is when you can start thinking about snakes and spiders, flying, deep water, being in a busy room, being up high. And of course, there's the part where people worry if they've got nothing to worry about. How many of us are like that? And of course, there is the fear and the worry of the unknown. In the passage that Mike read to us from Mark's Gospel, it's one that we have read many times. We know of the fear of the disciples as they thought they were about to drown. As the storm rose, they shouted on Jesus. Jesus calmed the storm. As I say, it's a passage that we have read numerous times. We will have read it. We will have heard it in here, perhaps in smaller groups or perhaps in our own time of devotion. It's a passage that we have read. So what I am saying, it's a passage we know well. It's a passage that we are familiar with. Mark starts this chapter by saying Jesus began to teach by the lakeside. This was a new venture for, for Jesus. He was out of the synagogue. He was speaking to everyday people in their own territory. Where they were. And as he taught, Jesus spoke in parables. And we all know parables. Parables are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So it's a story that we can all understand. But importantly, we need to think about it to allow us to get the real meaning out of it. The parable will compel us, compel us to look further 
to think for ourselves, to take something out of that. We will take out what Jesus wants us to take out. At the beginning of chapter 4, Jesus does teach in parables. The parable of the sower, as the farmers spread the, scattered the seeds everywhere. The lamp on the stand, about not hiding your light under a bowl. The growing seed, where things will be done on earth as perfectly as they are in heaven. And of course, the mustard seed. The smallest seed in the world, which then grows into one of the biggest plants. And the message there that everything can start from small beginnings. But back to the passage, it starts with Jesus saying, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And they went by boat. Was it because it was the end of the day? I don't know. Was it because Jesus was ready to leave everything and go for a rest with his disciples? Did Jesus have more to tell his disciples? Was he leaving his listeners on their own to think for themselves on the teaching that he had just given them? We don't know. We're not told. But into the boat they went, calm water, and off they set to the other side. And I've got a short video, uh, which you probably have seen before, but um, it just portrays the part in Mark that Mike read to us. Perhaps we can watch this. And as they were sailing, he fell asleep. Where is your faith? The Lake of Galilee was notorious for that kind of weather. Out of the blue, out of nowhere, a storm would arise. The weather could have been good, the skies could have been clear. The weather forecasters wouldn't have lasted very long. But totally unexpected and out of nowhere, this great storm arrives. The disciples 
I think you can maybe see them there because of the light. The disciples, even the fishermen, remember they were in their own territory. They were afraid. They were terrified. Master, master, they yelled. Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we die? Meanwhile, Jesus was asleep in the boat. He had no fear of it. They awoke him. Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. That's a great picture, isn't it, as he just does that. And the winds died down and the waters became completely calm. And in the same way that the waters started calm and, and a, a torrential storm started, Jesus just did the opposite. He calmed the storm and brought calm again back into the lives of the disciples. Quiet, be still, Jesus said. These were the same words he used earlier in, the, in the Mark's gospel to remove the demon from a demon-possessed man. Be quiet, Jesus said then. Come out of him, and he did. People in these days believed that demon-possessed men and women and the demon also changed the weather. The demon also worked in the realms of nature. But the passage is more than controlling the weather. When the disciples realized, when the disciples realized the presence of Jesus with them, the storm became calm again. Once he knew, once they knew he was with them, Fearless peace entered their hearts. To voyage with Jesus is a voyage in peace, whatever the format and whatever the size of the storm may be. So in the passage that Mike read, we've gone from being calm to it being very stormy, violent storms, to the people involved being very afraid. In this particular instance, they thought they were going to drown, they were going to die. And the presence of Jesus came into their lives and gave fearless peace and all was calm again. Now, while that was the story of a boat, that's the story for us. We can be calm. We can think everything is going well, it's going to plan. Our hopes and visions that we have are coming to fruition. Our plans are in place. Suddenly there's a violent storm in our lives. It may not be water coming over a boat. Suddenly there is something which just rocks everything in our foundation. We become fearful. We're afraid. We could be afraid of the situation. We could be afraid that we don't know what's happening. We may not be going to drown underwater, but we certainly could be drowning. And for us, as it was for the disciples, the presence of Jesus gives fearless peace to us. The presence of Jesus. And then everything is calm. Everything is calm. We sung, Will Your Anchor Hold? a bit earlier. We sung it not because it's one of my favourite hymns. We sung it not because it's the BB hymn. 
But having said that, there are two very, very valid reasons why we could have. But we didn't. But we sung it as a reminder. And I want to use it as a reminder. And, and I, I won't read that. You can read it yourselves. Um, each one is from each of the four verses. And then it asks, will your anchor hold? These are all situations that we, throughout our lives, will go into. Jesus asked his disciples, where is your faith? Our faith allows us to say that. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure as the billows roll, fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. We have an anchor. And we all know what, how an anchor works for a boat. The importance of the anchor in a, in a, in a ship. You know, that during stormy weathers, they, they will let the anchor down. It, it has to get a grip of the seabed somewhere. So the chain needs to be long enough. It needs to be strong enough. It needs to be able to do its job. And I thank Robert and Isabel for this quote that I, I copied from them that comes from Corey Ten Boom. In order for us to realize the worth of the anchor, we need to feel the stress of the storm. In order for us to realize the worth of the anchor, we need to realize the stress of the storm. The presence of Jesus gives us that fearless peace. In Isaiah, when Mike read, he read that, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Wonderful words. And if that picture comes up, there we are standing in front of Jesus with his outstretched hands for us. For each one of us, there's only one person in front of him because every time he's there, he's for us individually. The presence of Jesus gives fearless peace to each and every one of us. Let's go back to the disciples in the boat as they were thrown about all over the place. I'll leave you with two thoughts. Jesus stilled the storm of nature and he can also still the storm in our lives and in our hearts. Jesus stilled the storms of nature and he can do that for us. Lastly, every stormy circumstance in life is another opportunity to see the glory of Christ and discover the power in your life. Every stormy circumstance is the opportunity to see the glory of Christ. The presence of Jesus gives fearful peace to each and every one of us. Do not be afraid.